0: a little bit of awkward silence, just just how I like it. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? Yeah? That is a much better response than the youth usually gives me. So I appreciate that so much. Well, before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and we will dive right in. Jesus, I thank you so much for just the opportunity to be here to speak on fear, Father, and how to overcome fear in our lives. Father, I thank you that you didn't give us a spirit of fear. That's not what you gave us, Father. That's not our purpose. But you give us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. And so, Father, help us as Christians to walk this out every day, every moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, just like Pastor Austin said, my name is Colton Coffee. And if you come here on Sundays, you usually see me up here doing the announcements. I'm really talkative. I sometimes I don't shut up. Now I promise you that I'm not as long-winded as Zach is. So my that that 39 minutes, that's my goal. And with any with any hope, we might even end a little bit early. I don't I'm not gonna I'm not don't hold me to that, because you never know. Like I said, I'm a little long-winded, so we might go all night just just kidding. I'm totally kidding. So uh, you know, Pastor Zach has been going over an incredible series, and he's been talking about it. And, and I'm hoping that this sermon is a good transition point, is a good good segue to what he's going to be covering in September. We talked about it yesterday of some of the stuff that's in his heart and on, on the team's heart to go over what's going over in September. And I'm, I'm just pumped about it. And I get pumped about a lot of things, but I'm really pumped about this, what September is going to look like. And September the 19th, I don't know if you knew it or not, but I'm speaking in here again. We have the student takeover. So, you know, Pastor Chaz will be doing his thing. I don't know what that looks like, but he'll be doing his thing uh, because he's Pastor Chaz. Uh, We'll have kids in here. We'll have students serving and everything like that. So it's going to be awesome. So anyway, what we're going to talk about is fear. We're going to talk about, I know growing up, I heard fear like all the time, all the time. I heard, do not fear. Hey, brother, don't fear. And that's pretty much what we hear. Hey, sister, don't fear. And it's like, it's, it's awesome. But how do we? How do we do that? Like, how do we not fear? I feel like I'm afraid of everything. Anybody in college in here? Anybody? Wow, there's like nobody. Okay, well, anybody went to college? Any Anybody like went through finals week and like just that stress and anxiety and it's like you're nothing but afraid? I can't believe I don't have a single college student in this place. That is insane. So, well, that just changed the whole, whole sermon topic. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, anyway, I want to to talk, like I said, about fear and the whole reason this even sparked in me, was this summer, my my wife and I, everybody, this is my wife, everybody say, hi, Faith, Um, and uh, I told her I wouldn't do that, I'm a liar. Anyway, so we... Me and my wife, during the summer, we, uh, we work at the camp at Camp Victory. Shameless plug. You should serve there. Anyway, uh, we work at the camp, and we do what's called the Summer Intern Program. and So we have a bunch of young people. They just come out. They dedicate their whole summer uh, to serving, to working with kids and teenagers. I don't know why they do it. They do it, and it's awesome, and it's, it's just great. well you know, One of these interns came up to me, and they said, Hey, Pastor Colton, uh, what do you love most? And you can't say God. So I was like, okay, like what do you love most in this world? I said, well, my wife. And she was like, okay, fine. Well, what do you hate? And I was like, oh God, who asks somebody that? Who just walks up to somebody and says, what do you hate most? And it was really weird because almost instinctively what came out of my mouth was fear. I hate it. I hate fear. She was like, why? <laughs> I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But I really, I just hate it. And so I started really diving into to what is this, why do I hate it so much? What does the word say about it? How can we overcome fear? What just you know, I started diving into it. And then about two weeks ago, another student, I don't even know if she's here, she's probably in youth, she sent me a message and asked me a question about a, a scripture in Joshua. And, you know, said, you know, what does this mean? I need some help. And honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know the answer. And so I was like, that's a great question. So I spent some time studying. And it was like a few days later, I finally messaged her back and told her. But in that time of studying, it was, it was all about fear. And just this revelation started happening in fear. And my plan was during my student takeover on September the 19th to talk about this. And, uh, and if you didn't know, Gabe was going to speak tonight, but she's not feeling too well. And so I found out this morning I was speaking tonight, and I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's talk about fear. If you want to talk about the fear that gripped me for about two seconds, it was like, oh, God. But anyway, we're here. We're doing it. We're live, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to talk about fear. So did you know that in the Bible, this blew my mind, it, over a 100 times it mentions do not be afraid or do not fear. I had people tell me one time it was over like 365 times do, do not fear and it if you add like the do not be anxious don't be stressed out you can you can almost get there. That's like almost one for every day of the year, which is crazy. So I think it's important. So if if Jesus his his plan, his will telling us, "Hey, do not be afraid. Do not fear. I think we need to understand if he's going to say it that many times. We need to understand the importance of it. So, oh, that wasn't supposed to pop up. So, let me talk to you about the different types of fear. Uh, Pastor Dwayne has an incredible series. I don't even remember the, the title of it, but he goes over different types of fear. And, and one of those is religious fear. And what I mean by that is, you know, the Bible also says to fear God. I'm not talking about that. That's a, that is a good, wholesome fear of the Lord. I'm talking about an unhealthy, being scared of God, like His wrath. You think that He's going to hurt you. You think He's going to punish you. And because of that, you're afraid to do anything. Well, if I don't tithe, He's going to take it out on doctor bills. If I don't come to church, something bad is going to happen. That, first of all, is not true. That is not That's not his nature. He he. There is no fear like that. And now some people have that. I'm I'm just going to cover these maybe as I'm going through them. If you if there's something that you're like, you know what? I I feel like that is a fear that I have in my life. You don't have to you know say amen. Just take note of that, okay? Also, if you if there's something I'm talking about and you're like, that's good. I want you to keep talking about it. You can say amen, like that's cool. But if you say come on with it, I'll I'll stick on that point better because. I'm a youth pastor, and I can do that. So if you hear something that you like and you say, you know, come on with it, I'll know. I'll just keep talking about that. So religious fear, fearing is wrath. Another type of fear is a fear of failure. Now, I feel like this is something that probably everyone in the room uh, can kind of relate to. Is not, I don't think anybody would be like, yeah, pastor, I love to fail. Like, no nobody likes to fail. And and like, you know, in basketball, you go and you shoot and it's just an air ball. Like nobody likes that feeling. That's just like the most awkward feeling. So nobody likes to fail. And oftentimes that fear holds us back from so many things. We're going to get into it where the Bible, there's people were afraid of of failing and it, it held them back from so much. And so Fear of failure is something that we can all kind of relate to at some level. Maybe it's you, know, you want a job, but you're afraid they're just going to turn you down because you're not qualified. So you're not even going to go try. I know that especially for students and, and youth, it's they want to try out for a sports team, but they're, they're afraid that they're not going to get on or they're not going to be as good as so-and-so. They're not going to try, which leads me to the next fear, which is a fear of people or you could say a fear of rejection. A lot of times people, (laughs) like, they won't do anything just because they're so afraid of what people might say. Like, what if you go and and you have a word for somebody? You want to go pray for somebody. You feel like the Lord's placed something on your heart and you need to go share it with somebody, but you're so afraid. What if those people don't get healed? What if those people don't even know what I'm talking about? What if those people look at me like I'm crazy? You probably are crazy, but that's okay. We're all crazy. Like, what— and that holds you back from doing so many things just because you're afraid of what people might say. And the next one is uh, fear of calamity. That is not the fear of clams like many students ask me. That, that is the, the fear of bad things happening to you. You think I'm joking. That was a serious thing. People really ask me that. So fear of calamity. And, and so here's an example of that is some people have been in car accidents. I mean, really bad car accidents. And because of that, they're afraid to go drive because they're afraid something bad is going to happen. Or, or I, I don't know, if we probably, I, I know a ton of people like this. You know, it's like late at night, and they forgot something in their car, but they're afraid if they go to their car at nighttime, they're gonna get mugged, so they, like, never go to their car to get what they need. Anybody know anybody like that? That like, Okay, it, either liars, or I'm just, I'm in, like, a, the 1% over here that knows nothing. So, I mean, Really, though, fear of calamity is a real thing. I feel like this isn't something that I, I really struggle with, but I do know a lot of people that struggle with this. And it's, it's just as detrimental as fear of people, fear of failure, or uh, an unrighteous you know fear of God, an unholy, an unhealthy fear of God. So... Those are different types of fear. Maybe as I'm going through there, like I said, uh, you can check a little box in your mind if that's something I struggle with. Because the goal of this sermon is for you to understand how to fight fear. Because again, I hate fear. And you should hate fear as well. And fear is something that does not need to take root in your life. Because if it does, the, the results can be very detrimental. So, why not be afraid? Why? Why does, why does God say that? Why not be afraid? So let me, let me read to you this scripture. This is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. So 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. It says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Here's some, some just a background on this. This is Paul, and he's talking to, to young Timothy. He's a young pastor, just kind of starting out here, and he's giving him a word of encouragement. Okay, and this is awesome. And if I read a letter like this, it would be awesome. So this is Paul, and this is like Paul, the Paul. He's writing me, he says, yeah, I thank God for whom I serve, for you. He says, as I remember your tears, I, I long to see you that I might be filled with joy, which I just think is awesome. Like He's, he's writing this guy, so I'm just the goodness of his heart. He's like, I remember your struggles. I remember, remember your tears, and I hope I get to see you because me seeing you is just going to bring me joy. I just think that's awesome. He says, I am rem- reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. I want you to take note of this part for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands for God gave us not a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind I want you to take note of, of verse six for this reason I I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is which was passed to you through the laying on of hands fanning this gift of God in his life so like I said he's he's writing this to encourage this young pastor. He's writing this to encourage him, obviously, because he's struggling. He said he's remembering his tears. He's remembering this hard time. But what he's saying is, is I'm I'm saying this so that you can fan into flame what's already in you. I'm, I'm saying this so I can fan into flame so that something gets ignited, so you can actually do something with the gift that is already inside of you. And So I want you to take note of that as we continue on. And so again, as in and, and talking about why not be afraid? Because if you continue to be in that fear, in this, like I said, this is where Timothy is at, being afraid of stepping out and doing that, it starts to take that flame, starts to take that flame that was might have been so once so burning and passionate, and it starts to dwindle it. Because as you begin to get into fear, and we'll talk about this, as you start to dwell on that fear, you start to talk yourself out of a lot of things, and oftentimes it's not even the devil. It's just us. We won't shut our own minds up and say, hey, stop fearing. Just, hey, do this because it's what the Lord said. So anyway, we're going to get to this. So amen, sister. So uh, this is another scripture. Luke starts talking about how, I didn't write this from the notes, but Luke starts talking about how men's hearts literally fail them because of fear, that they start looking at the calamity in the world, and their hearts start to fail them. That's, I mean, that's pretty intense. Like, your heart is failing you because of fear. Now, I was, uh, I was in college. This was a, a few years ago, and I was in this class, and I had this awesome professor. His name was Dr. Wu. Could never understand a word. He said, the dude's a genius, okay? He's a genius. Like, he's super smart. He was teaching me physiology, and I was, like, not paying attention. I was probably doing something on my phone like a millennial would do. So I was just sitting there, and I was just chilling. And, and all of a sudden, he, he says something. He says, you stress out you die. And I was like, oh my God, like, you stress out, you die. And he starts talking about, he starts like telling us about how your body wasn't created to fear and to worry and to have stress and to anxiety and all this stuff. And it'll eventually lead for you to die. And so then it, it caught my attention. I was like, all right, let me listen. Let me, what do you got to say, Dr. Wu? And he starts going on and starts showing us all these results of these people who just the amount of stress in their life. The amount of weight and baggage that people carry literally causes them to get sick. It causes them to not be in health. Why not fear? Because your bodies are not meant to fear. That's not what they were created for. You ever like I'm, I'm so guilty of this, like something breaks in the house, and so you go to fix it, but you can't find the right tool to fix it. So you just use whatever you got and then you end up making it worse. Any guy ever done that? Again, is that only me? Why <laughs> Man, this is just sad, okay? This is real sad. So if you use something and and it has a specific purpose and then you try to use it for a different purpose, you're probably going to break it, okay? So if I needed a hammer, I had to, let's say there was a nail sticking out here. I needed to really hammer this thing in. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't have a hammer, but I have my laptop. This is going to work out perfect. And you just start hammering it. Let me tell you, first of all, that nail is going nowhere, The church is going to be real mad at me because I broke this laptop, and then I'm going to lose this laptop because it's broken, okay? And so it's not going with its purpose, and it's going to get hurt. It wasn't meant to do that. That was not its purpose. So when you, as people, start to carry stress and worry and anxiety and fear and just ball it all up, it has a negative effect on you, whether you know it or not. People, people say it all the time, like, man, I'm just so tired all the time. It's like, yeah, well, what's going on? Well, I've got this and this and this, and I'm worried this is going to happen. And they just start talking about all their worries and fears and doubts and all this stuff, and they're just so put out. And I'm like, well, no wonder you're tired. Like, all this stuff is going on. Like, why are you? That, you're not supposed to carry that. That is not your job to carry that. You are not supposed to live in this cycle of fear and all this stuff. Anyway, I understand how Zach goes over. Time because this time's already flying, so anyway, we're gonna keep going. Uh, and so I-, I want you to just think about this together, okay? I want you to think about some areas in your life. You got, I got two questions for you, okay? So, the first question I have for you is, What is it that you're afraid of? What is it that in your life you can think of right now that it just It bothers you. You're afraid of it. Maybe it keeps you up at night. Maybe it's people at your work. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're going through. What is it that you are afraid of? And then the next question that I want to ask you is, what is fear stopping you from doing? What is fear stopping you from doing? Because, listen, fear that's not a good, healthy fear of God is going to stop you from doing something. Or it's gonna hinder you from something. So, what is fear stopping you from going into? Okay, so I want you to just take note of that. You can answer that in your head. And so, you know, we're gonna move on to the next thing. So I want everybody to repeat after me. I want you to say, I have a purpose. Now I want you to say, I have a destiny. Okay, so we can, everybody's, oh, I, mean, I just made you say it. I don't know if you believe it or not, but everybody has a purpose and a destiny, okay? You, know, you say it, and then I feel just, it'll get in your head. So you have a purpose, and you have a destiny. So I want to, I want to, you know, reiterate that throughout the, this next little bit, but I also want to tell you a story about a person who had a purpose and a destiny, and fear kept them out of it. Fear kept them from doing that purpose, Fear kept them from, from fulfilling that destiny, okay? Now, uh, I'm, I'm sure we've probably all heard this story. Some of you, I mean, if you're, I was going to say, if you're in college, you probably watched The Prince of Egypt and were like, yeah, I know that story. But we're going we're gonna to talk about, anybody ever seen The Prince of Egypt? Please don't want to be the only person. Okay, Whew. praise God. I'm just going to gauge the room here. Anyway, so we're, we're going we're gonna to look at, uh, this is in Numbers chapter 13, so Numbers chapter 13, verses 27 through 33. Uh, this is like, I love the story. So anyway, backstory here is, you know, Moses is with the Israelites, and he's they're, they're wanting to get into this promised land, okay? And so he sends a couple spies to go check out the promised land and make sure everything's good. He's going to make sure everything is exactly how God said it would be. You know, right, the spies go, they come back, and this is what they say. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does indeed. It flows with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. So <laughs> I love this so much. But So they go, these awesome scouts or spies or whatever you want to call them. They they go, and they're like, yeah, Moses, God wasn't lying. You weren't lying. Look, it's the, the land. It flows with milk and honey, and yeah, here's its fruits. And then this, this next word, uh, on this one it says, however, You could also say, but, remove that from your vocabulary, like forever, okay? He says, yeah, you know, this, it's got everything you said it would, but, do you know how many, if I could just remove that from everyone's vocabulary, from my vocabulary, that word, but, or however, you know, although, it's like, just, if God says it, just do it. Okay. If God says it, just do it. There's no buts. There's no ifs. There's no ors. There's no however. So let me let me let me read this to you. Okay. So just but the people who live there are powerful. Yes, they are. It's not anyway. the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the whatever word that is, and the, the Hittites and the Jessites and the Amorites and the Cellulites, the worst worst of them all. So they live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live there near along the, the River Jordan. And so he's saying, oh, we've got all this stuff there. I hope that didn't make anybody mad. If so, well, come talk to me afterwards. Anyway, so, and then Caleb, good old Caleb. We all need a Caleb in our lives. Or Actually, you know Be Caleb. But anyway, he, he said, Caleb, he says that he silenced all those people in front of Moses. He silenced them in front of Moses. And he says, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. We can certainly do it. Okay, now that's awesome. So, you know, he just heard all this negativity, which, and, and to, to be fair, they weren't lying. They weren't, like, making this up, just trying to spread for This was the reality. The, the reality was there really were all these, you know, Canaanites and Ites and all this stuff. The, all these people really were there, and they were giants, and they were bad to the bone. Like, that was the reality. They really are there. And so Caleb remembers that, hey, listen. God said that we could, we're going to do this. He's got our back. We're not we don't need to be afraid. Let this is our promised land. He promised us this. This is what we're here to take. And anyway, so then the men, the good old men, the, the men who had gone up with him, they said, "We cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are." And they and then this is what They spread amongst the Israelites, a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw uh, the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Like, again, this, this wasn't like they were lying. There was all these different armies there. They really did see these things. But, but, that word right there, but, oh, I hate that word. It's almost as bad as fear. But is that that word, what they saw the reality of what was in front of them them, kept them from the reality that God was trying to show them. Everything that that they saw with their eyes, it changed everything that God said just because they saw it. But you know what? That still didn't change God's promise. That did not change God's promise for them. It was just fear that worked its way into our lives. And so, anyway, we're going to keep going. So, to continue on the story. They didn't go, okay? They didn't go. And so, to to continue on, uh, Joshua... Chapter 1 verses 6 through 9. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 through 9. I love this. It says, Be strong and courageous. If you're if you're like writing in your Bible or taking notes, I want you to write that down. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Because you, this is God talking to Joshua, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Then verse 7 says, Be strong and very courageous. But wait, God, didn't you, just, didn't you just tell me that? Yeah, I, I sure did, and I'm gonna tell you again because I can tell you're not hearing me. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. This, I really want you, this verse eight, this is what I want you to take note of. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? I love that, God's response. Have I not commanded you to be what? Strong and courageous. He says it three times. Like, that's awesome. Just get it in your head. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So, now, this is... This is later. Okay, this is Joshua. And now he was around. He, he, he saw he saw all the giants, and he knew there was, like I said, the Canaanites and all these trilobites and cellulites. They were all there. And, and he knows. And I didn't know this, like, as a kid growing up. I seriously thought the Israelites, I thought there was, like, I don't know, like 50 or 100 of them. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, you know. So I don't know if you guys know this. Two and a half to three and a half million, million half million. Million. Like, so this is one guy, I tell you right now, you asked me to lead about two and a half to three and a half million people into a land with giants, I'm running the other direction, okay? Like, I'm just being real. Oftentimes we read this, you know, and we're like, oh, come on, come on, Joshua. He says, be strong, courageous, just do it. If that was me, I'd do it. Yeah, you're lying, okay? It's like, I'd do that, no problem. I'd do that. That's that's not a big deal. God said he's got my back. Well, okay, wait a second. So, in, but part of me wants to really just kind of be like, okay, I mean, I feel for the guy. I mean, he he sees the giants in the land. he have been wandering around for years, and, and and they they still haven't went and possessed their promised land. It's like it's a part of me wants to just kind of be like, man, I get it. You're about you're trying to lead like three million people into this unknown land where there's giants. There's actual real danger. And so see, so you think, God's telling him to be strong courageous. Do not be afraid. So why, would he, why is he saying that? Well, obviously because he, he needed strength and he needed courage. And he was afraid. He was struggling with this. And so God's trying to help him. And so this is the part uh, that, that I, I really like is, is people will come to me all the time and say, Colton, no, you don't get it. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm at school, I'm at work, or what, fill in the blank. Uh, it's, I, I'm, I just feel so afraid. I feel so discouraged. I feel so put out. Everywhere I go, there's just nothing but despair. People are against me. And you're telling me to take heart? Yep, sure I am. <laughs> it's like you're telling me to not be afraid? But I feel so, I feel so. You know, here's the great thing. Is God didn't say, don't feel afraid. He did not say, don't feel afraid. He said, don't be afraid. Just because you feel afraid doesn't mean you have to be afraid. That's revelation news. Just because you feel just because you feel discomfort doesn't mean you have to be discomfort. Just because you feel stressed out doesn't mean you have to live your life in a way to where you carry all this stress. Listen, it, you are human. You're going to feel fear. But that doesn't mean you have to be afraid. That doesn't mean you have to live your life in a way that's you know, People will look at, at pastors or you know, people who have been walking with the Lord forever, and they're just like, man, he's never afraid. No, okay, no, it, it's, it's, he might feel it, but he's not being it. He's not taking that as his identity because he's not meant to carry all that junk. Just push it aside. But, no, take that word. Just push it away. There's no but. Just don't be afraid. And we're going to talk about how not to be. I can't, you know, I'm not going to say don't do it, and then you don't know how to do it. We're going to talk about it, okay? But he says don't be afraid. Just because you feel it doesn't mean that you are afraid. So that sounds hard, though, doesn't it? It doesn't sound like, "But, but, Pastor, I'm feeling, I'm afraid. Yeah, okay, well, we'll get there, okay? So, um, What's cool about this, I man? It's a not cool paradox. I don't know, paradigm shift. I don't know. Is you know, God says over and over and over again, "Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not be anxious about anything, but in all things give thanks." Do not, do not do this. Do, not do this. And then, like in the middle of all that, he'll just like drop a little bit of that zest and be like, "But fear me. But fear me." And I just think that's so cool. It's like, don't, don't be afraid, but fear me. So here's some examples. I didn't write these in my notes. Uh, you can look it up. Uh, I mean, there's, serious, there's hundreds of these two of fearing God. Here's one, just as an ex- example: is Praise the Lord! How blessed is the man who fears the Lord? So, now I'm not talking about this. Is not the you know unhealthy fear where you're afraid of His wrath? It Says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. This is Psalm 13, 19. Oh, how abundant is your goodness! Uh, is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you, who fear you? So, in the midst of all of this, God's saying, Do not fear. Do not be afraid, he says, you know what though, but fear me. And that doesn't mean like, just like, oh my God, God. But it, it means you need to, to worship him. You could replace that word fear there with worship and it'll run synony- like synonymously every time. So let's, let's talk about how to overcome it. I want to I tie it all together. So uh, if you look back at that verse that we talked about in Joshua 1, verse 8, that part I told you I wanted you to, to keep in your mind, keep in your heart. Is uh, It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. What does that sound like? It sounds like worship, okay? Meditate on it day and night. Worship, okay? And it says, keep this law on your lips. So, you you know, everyone, John 1, God, Jesus is the word, okay? Jesus is, amen, right? Jesus is the word. What has Pastor Zach been teaching you guys? Jesus is the word, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Jesus is the word. So keep keep this, like, keep Jesus at the forefront of your mind. Keep him on your list. Keep his word at the forefront. Meditate on it day and night. Worship him. And then what does he say after that? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it, written in his word. Then you will prosper and be successful. Now, when he's talking to Joshua here, prosperous and be successful is taking his three million people into the promised land. So he's fulfilling his purpose and his destiny. So if you want to fulfill your purpose and your destiny, do what he told Joshua to do. Meditate on his word day and night. So what does it look like? Worship. Worship him. Now that's the part I really want to get into is worship him. So Um, Let me read you the scripture. We'll just start there. So this is John 4, John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. It says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers, I want you to take note of that word, worshipers. I just really want to chop this. I just want to be like Dwayne. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Worshipers, take note of that word, worshipers. will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking. I want you to take note of the word, seeking. I mean, he's looking for. Okay, he's seeking such people to worship him. We can we can just even stop right there if you want. But so this is he's saying that he's looking for worshipers. He's not looking for worship. You hear that? He's looking for worshipers. Okay, there's a difference. Not a thing of worship. He's looking for the people, worshipers to work, and, and he's seeking them. That means he's he's actually looking for them. This is what he's longing for. He's seeking for for this for people to worship. So I want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer this out loud. Because if you actually give me the answer, it's going to be like no cool build up. So don't do that. Just answer in your mind. So why, why is God seeking people to worship him? Why is he seeking for us to worship him? Okay, don't, don't answer that out loud because I want to build up here. So why is he seeking us worship him? So let's break it down like this. I might have even said this at some point while doing the announcements. But this was a revelation to me whenever I was just praying about it however long ago. Is so here's the thing. If you love somebody, you want nothing but the best for them, okay? Can I get an amen from a husband? Or okay, Whew, okay. <laughs> okay, Whew, sweating up here. It's getting kind of hot. Um, so here's the thing. I love my wife, okay, which means I want nothing but the best for her. Anything, if she tries to, to you know, go for a new job or, or try, whatever it is, I want her to succeed at it, right? Husbands, Right. Okay, man, so yes, we want them to succeed at whatever, because we love them. If you love somebody, you don't want anything bad. I've never heard somebody that really loves somebody says, man, I wish they'd just fall right on their face and never succeed. No, you don't love them, okay? Whoever you are, you need to get lost. But anyway, like, you, you, if you love somebody, you want nothing but the best for them. So can I get a witness that God loves us? Amen. So God loves us, so he wants nothing but the best for us. Amen. Okay. So, he's saying if, if I love you so much, I love you unconditionally. And I'm not looking for worship, okay? Cuz I mean, here's the here's the thing. At the end of the day, whenever all whenever it's all said and done, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess on heaven and earth that he is Lord. He's going to get his worship, okay? He's going to get it. It's not like us, like, worshiping. It, it makes him extremely happy, and he loves it. He loves our praise to him. But it's not like us, you know, worshiping. It's going to change his attitude towards us. It doesn't change him. So here's the thing. is If he's seeking for us to be worshipers, that means that the best thing that we can be, the best for us, is to be a worshiper, right? Because he loves us, and that's what he's seeking. So why is that? Why is the best thing that we can be is a worshipper again? Don't answer that loud. It's be, here's the. Here's the I, you know, I'm asking like I want you to actually answer. Answer it all up here in the noggin. So here's the answer: because God knows that you always become like the object of your worship, always. So the, the question isn't the question isn't what is it? I, I you know are you worship like you are you worshiping God? It's just, you're you're worshiping something. You're worshiping something. Whether it's your cell phone, you know it just. If you ever, like, leave, this is like everybody, this isn't like just youth or, you know, this is this is everyone. You leave your cell phone at home, and you're like, the panic, you're like, oh, my God. And you just think the world is about to crash. Yeah, see, so you're laughing because you know it's right. Is you get that fear, there's a fear right there. If you couldn't think of one, leaving your cell phone. is like, oh, my Lord. But here's the thing, God knows that whenever... You worship him. When you become a worshiper, not just worship, but when you become a worshiper of him, you always become like the object of your worship. You become like him. Amen? So whenever you worship God, the reason it's so important is because you start to become like him. You're molded into his likeness. And you know what? Jesus doesn't go around fearing. Jesus isn't afraid. Jesus isn't going around like, oh my gosh, I can't do this because of this this type of fear, fear, fear." failure. Jesus is not afraid of people. That is is for sure. He is not afraid of people. So, I mean, he, dude, listen, we as we worship him, we become like him. We become like him. So, if you want to know how to start overcoming fear in your life, Worship God through it. Don't focus on the, like I, I said earlier, the reason I put it in quotes is the reality, the giants in the land. Because, yes, I listen, I don't understand. There's probably all sorts of chaos going on in your lives. And you know what? I don't understand. And that doesn't matter. God understands, okay? He sees that, and his promise is still the same. His promise is still the same. So regardless of what the giants in your land are, his promise is still, I'm going to get you there. All you got to do is trust in me. But whenever you let your eyes start to focus on the problems, that's all you're going to see. You need to be like Caleb and be like, hey, let's just do it. Now listen, there is so many people, all of us. There's things in my life as well where I know, I know that that's what I'm supposed to do. But that fear, that fear of what what might happen, what might not happen, holds us back. That's why I wanted to ask you that question. What is fear holding you back from? Because if you can worship God in the midst of it, you will get there and stop worrying about that fear. You know, maybe if these you know, Israelites actually focused and worshiped God and didn't focus on the fear, they might would have got there a little bit sooner, okay? And they, they could have actually entered into that, into that promised land. Now, I feel, listen, we sit under some of the greatest teaching in the world. Pastor Dwayne is awesome, amen? Yeah. And, and and we sit under incredible teaching. We are equipped. We hear Pastor Zach bringing the word every Wednesday. All, all these pastors, we have like the greatest youth pastor on the planet here. <laughs> Just kidding. And, and we sit under some of the greatest teachings. But still, people are so afraid to go and do because it's hard. It's it's just, I'm afraid, what if this happens? What if that weird, me and Austin were talking about this the other day. If you didn't know, Austin's my brother-in-law, so we're always, like, picking on each other. He's probably a little nervous is what I'm about to say. No, I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. But he had a life group a few, a few years ago, and, uh, it was a bunch of just young guys and one and every every night or every time we would meet he would give us a challenge you know, like memorize a psalm or something like that or you know go the whole week without eating I'm just joking anyway uh, but he would he would just give us these assignments, and I remember one of the the tasks was invite two people to church and I remember and this was like a few years ago but I remembered the looks of all the guys in the room I'm like what did he just say he wants me to actually talk to somebody about this guy that I'm claiming to serve? Yes, (laughs) obviously. This is like all young adults too. But I mean, talking to to adults, talking to you guys, when's the last time you went and invited somebody from your work to church? When's the last time you went and, I don't know, prayed for your waiter at at a restaurant? When is the last time you actually did a work outside of the church? But you know what, we get in that moment, we get in our life. I went. No, I got this going on. I feel this way. I don't feel very good. Well, like again, it's a good thing your feelings don't run you, because I can guarantee you that Jesus did not feel like dying on the cross. That's probably not something he felt like. But I mean, I mean, if he did, that's that's pretty hardcore Jesus. But I mean, I, that's not that's not that's not it's not about our feelings. They don't. That's not what runs us. What runs us is supposed to be that worship, that time that we've spent in communion with the Father. And just the byproduct is just letting go of fear, letting go of fear. You just stop to holding on to all this. Stuff. You're like, no, I, don't, I, don't, I Ain't got nobody got time for that. So uh, I want to share with you a testimony real fast. I'm, I'm doing great on time. I like this. I like it when I see Tom, like doing good on time. So starting to overcome fear in your life, worship. Worship him through it. Worship him in it. And not, don't let your feelings dictate you. So I want to just explain this or tell you this testimony. It's always love hearing testimonies. They just, like, pump me up. So last year, I've been the youth pastor for, like, uh, I think October it's two years. And last year, whenever I first became the youth pastor, they told me, hey, there's going to be a time where you're going to do what's called the student takeover. And you are going to speak uh, in, in in the service. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, a Wednesday night. You know, like, like, Wednesday night, you know, it's it's fine. Zach's been there, and he's been, like, getting them warmed up. Like, it'll be it'll be cool. Like, I, that's cool. Well, then they start telling me, no, you're actually going to speak on a Sunday at uh, both services. Okay? So then I'm like, oh, that's scary. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you is I, I was pretty scared, to, to say the least. And I remember even just sitting back here, and uh, Jeff Thompson was like, i like, let me look at you. How are you looking? You looking good? And he was like, do me a favor. When you speak, put your arms down like this because you got some hardcore pit stains. Not even, not even joking, though. They were like down to here. And I don't know if we have the videos or anything, but the whole sermon, I was like this. Uh, because I was just so afraid. I was like, oh, my God. And I looked like cows. And in between services, I went home and changed and uh, to a much darker shirt because... It was not a, it was not a good thing. And so anyway, I, I was so or leading up to that point, like just sitting in the chairs whenever they're about to call me up, I was I was sweating, I was nervous and I was so afraid to the point where like the week before I, I was this is serious I was almost going to tell them look, guys. I can't do this. Uh, If it got a little bit better when they told me Pastor Nguyen wasn't going to be in town that weekend, and it it was just going to be so, I was like, okay, it's getting getting a little better now. I'm sweating now, but it's just because I'm out of shape, not because I'm nervous. And so I was like, I was like, oh my god, like I'm so afraid. And I I, seriously, I contemplated telling Zach and Austin, look, I can't do this. I actually listened to that sermon today, and I had completely forgotten about this. Is at the end of the service, the end of that morning, we had ten people. Ten people come to know the Lord. Ten, ten salvations. And that is awesome. And then like a month later, a guy came up to me and he said, man, are you Pastor Colton? I said, yeah. It's still weird for people to say that. Just call me coffee for all I care. Anyway, he was like, you spoke about a month ago and you spoke on hope. And that, that changed my life and I gave my life to the Lord. And I've been following the Lord ever since. And I, I, I started to cry. I almost cried just then. I'm, I'm, I'm real like sensitive. Anyway, I was like, i was like, man, this is incredible. I was like, what if I would have let fear that day stop me from doing that? What if I let fear and say, oh, but there's going to be like like over a thousand people there, and I'm just, I've never done this before. What if that would have happened? I, I, I have no idea. I don't even want to think about it because, you know what, I didn't, just because I felt fear, I didn't, I wasn't afraid. I didn't let that because when you let fear do it, that starts to talk you out of what you're called into. Now, remember, I asked you. Or oh, I told you to say, whether you believe it or not, that you have a purpose and you have a calling. You have both of those, whether you believe it or not. Now, maybe it's not as important as leading about two million people to, but it is, okay? It's very important, and, and Jesus needs you in the kingdom. That's not just a cliche. That's reality. There is it's, That is so real. Your gifts and callings are so important. Your circle of influence is so important. I can't reach the people that you can, but those people need to be reached. They need that. And if you let fear start to talk you out of your purpose, again, like what like we just talked about, how you overcome that, how you make that next step is to start worshiping him. Because, again, he's not, he's not looking for just worship. He, I mean, yes, this time before the service when we worship. That's, listen, worship is not an event, it's a lifestyle. Whenever you worship, it's just when you wake up in the morning, you living, you going to your, your, your nine to five job, that is worship to the Father, if you're doing it as, as into to the Father. That is not about, you know, having to, you come here and worship, you know, you get 10 points if you have your hands raised. That's not what it's about. It is about living your whole life as a sacrifice to Jesus, your whole life. And that looks like when you go to Roma's, To to tip the, not just tip the waitress or the waiter, but to, hey, do you need something? Do you need something? Is there something that I I can give you? Whenever you, when you go on vacation, I always, oh, I hate this. I hear people, like, go on vacation, and I'm like, yeah, did you, you know, talk to anybody? Did you pray for anybody? No, I was on vacation. Like, what? Like, just because you go on vacation doesn't mean you go on vacation from Christianity. Just might drop. Anyway, uh, so. It's not about all that stuff. It is about you living your life in a continual state of worship, uh, of adoration, of fixing your eyes on Jesus, not the fear, not the fear. So anyway, I think that's it. I think I'm done. That's the end. Isn't that what Pastor Lee says? I'm done. Well, I I am... uh, I'm doing so good on time. I like that. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for us. But there's gonna be some ministry teams up here. If you need prayer for anything, anything, you say, Pastor, look, I'm I've been struggling with fear. I'm. I'm just going through a hard time. Every fear that you mentioned, is just it seems to have a hold on me. I can't seem to walk out my door without the fears and the worries and just things in my mind of what could happen, what if this doesn't happen, things along that nature. But we got some good people up here to to pray for you guys. And if you need anything, I'll be hanging out down here at the bottom as well. And so if you want to just talk or you want to pray, you have any questions, anything like that, then I will be glad to talk and pray with you also. Don't forget to go get your kids. I love them, but they're probably going crazy in the youth room right now. So uh, I promise I didn't just leave them in there. I got leaders in there, okay? Or did I? No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, I'm going let me pray for you guys, and then you guys are dismissed. So Jesus, I thank you that you did not give us that spirit of fear, Father, that is not what we are cre- created for God. That is not what we want, and we refuse to take up fear as our identity. But Father, instead, we take up that power. The Holy Spirit, that you live within us, and that is all. We will take no less than power, love, and a sound mind. So, Father, I rebuke fear off of these people. I rebuke fear off of our church that we will not be afraid. Father, we will stand up for you in Walmart or wherever we go, Jesus. It is not, it's not something that we just do on Sundays, but it is a lifestyle. Help us to be worshipers of you daily because we know now, God, that we will become like you in worshiping you. So, Father, I thank you for an incredible night. I thank you, Father, for just uh, just speaking new ways of life into these people and shedding some hope into their lives and their situations, Lord. Thank you for safe travels home and a good week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys are dismissed. Go pick up your kids, and we will see you on Sunday.